What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 165 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today, we have another episode of the Listener's Podcast. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear my answers to your Q&As. You guys always do such an amazing job. And make sure to look at the description here, because we do have the timestamps for what each question is answered and when it is answered so you can skip around as needed to make sure you get everything that you want from this episode. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revive Summons, brought to you by Raw Summons. Just go Mahaley at checkout. Please leave us a five-star rating and review to be entered into the weekly $100 Amazon gift card giveaway. Have your notepads ready. It's going down. The Listener's Podcast. These are my favorite episodes to do because I know that it uh, directly... Uh, benefits you guys and you guys honestly ask amazing questions that last week I'm saying it this week so I was going through the questions and I was talking to Brandon and I was like trying to narrow them down I was like dude I have 39 amazing questions that like truly need answers and I got it down to 14 um, for this podcast but I know yesterday I was talking to you guys about like man it's really 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 tough getting up for the podcast on like low energy days so this might be something if you guys are interested in doing two of the listeners episodes a week for the rest of my prep it would actually help me a ton but let us know like let us know what you guys want okay because I know these are super helpful and today we have the timestamps in the description for you guys to be able to see exactly where each question is answered we're just constantly trying to level up for you guys so without further ado Brandon let's go ahead and get started all right. Is it worth it to start PEDs if you don't intend to compete long term? Yes, this is a really good question. It comes from a guy. So for guys, yeah, for sure, because it's going to help you achieve your goal physique, but we want to take a more healthful approach to PEDs. And yes, there is a healthful approach to PEDs. Now, if you're utilizing, you know, tests and EQ and MPP and Proviron and, you know, Anavar and all, you know, just like we're, we're running a lot of compounds at once. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, uh, side effects that kind of pull away from the healthiness of the cycle. But, you know what? Utilizing one or two things at a time um, for a situation like this, I don't really like 19 nors. I like keeping it like DHTs um, plus uh, testosterone, obviously. Um, testosterone like around HRT levels or if you want to venture into more performance base levels, go up to like maybe 300 milligrams a week. Make that your max um have a little bit of primo bullion in there if you can find real primo bullion um and you know, that cycle is going to be really good for you okay it's good it's going to help you a lot um for women you know there's a lot that can be said about a woman just being able to optimize her training her diet um how you know how, how to best manage her endocrine system um, naturally, uh, without PEDs, I would say for women, you know, we probably want to stay away from them, but for men, it's okay as long as you're doing it properly with good guidance. Um, I just, I would never run a blast cycle if I'm not looking to compete like long-term, like if, if, if you're looking to compete period, do what it takes to win, mm-hmm. um, or else don't compete. Um, but if, if, if you're like, just looking to like kind of achieve a goal physique, then yeah, you know, utilize a little bit, not much. It doesn't take much at all. Utilize a little bit and, you know, get your blood work done, um, have blood dumps where they're needed, take your health supplements and, you know, just make sure that all the, you know, loose ends are kind of short up. Okay. All right. Number two, do women only keep half muscle built on Anavar? Yeah, so this is a question. The reason I'm answering this question is because somehow I've seen it um, many times. No, that's not real. 
every all the muscle that you gain on a cycle you're going to keep afterwards as long as your training effort keeps up your sleep schedule keeps up your diet keeps up the issue is people stop a cycle and they're like you're going to drop your strength and you're going to drop um, size and you're going to drop some of what you gained so if you do a really wet cycle what I mean by that is like we have a lot of heavily aromatizing compounds in well you're going to lose water weight because your estrogen is going to drop you're going to have a, a, a more homeostatic ratio between uh, estradiol and testosterone testosterone um, you're not going to be putting as much stress on your body but you're you don't lose muscle unless you just stop training as hard dieting as property properly or taking the recovery steps needed so no you keep all of the muscle you build on Anivar as long as you keep up the work for it but that, that that's not a real thing you don't just come off and and just lose it, it, it that, that doesn't exist all right and three would albuterol still be effective like clen so, you guys know how I feel about clenbuterol. Um, not a, it's not a safe drug. It's not a, a good drug to utilize in the dosages that you know most people utilize them in to actually get in shape. Um, if you're talking about fat burning, talking about cutting with minimal side effects, DMP is the absolute king there. And it is really, really, really difficult to not be on board with that um, when you actually understand the drug, not just the bullshit that gets spread around it online. Albuterol, I like a lot more than clenbuterol. The hard part is finding a good source for albuterol. Um, Clen has an extremely long half-life. Clen ramps up a lot of people's anxiety, and it, it has a long half-life. We're taking it for a prolonged period of time. You're going to have a pretty high saturation point, and it's going to take a while to come out, and it's going to take a while for that anxiety to drop down. To drop down. Um, clenbuterol, it's shown in some places that it can increase metabolism by 10%, but most of what I see is like 3 or 4%. It's not a ton, but also everyone's going to have a very bio-individual um, response to Clen. Clen has shown promise in helping, you know, slow twitch fibers kind of, uh, the, the, the hybrid fibers that can kind of bounce back and forth. It's shown some promise in helping them kind of become more fast twitch in nature. Um, Clen does have a very slight an, uh, um, anabolic effect that we've seen. It's very, I mean, it is so incredibly slight. It's hardly even worth mentioning. The reality is albuterol, six-hour half-life. Same effect as Clin. It's far safer for the heart, which we know Clin is not good for the heart whatsoever, and there's no way to spin that. Uh, it increases your healthy lipids or your HDL, uh, which is very important. Um, you know, there's a reason albuterol is a drug of choice for asthma patients, and you know Clin is not. Um, Clenbuterol can definitely make you feel like shit. If you go high enough dose with clenbuterol, you're going to feel terrible. Um, albuterol kind of feels like more of a caffeine high, so you definitely don't like feel that that bad. Uh, but also, that half life is very important because you know you can take albuterol before fasted cardio, and then six hours later, it's going to be out of your system, right? Whereas clenbuterol, you have a day and a half. Like you're signing up for a fucking day and a half of feeling like fucking shit if you don't handle clenbuterol well. Um, majority of people don't have real clenbuterol. It's usually underdosed. Um, and finding real albuterol is tough. Um, I would prefer to utilize albuterol in my, in, in my athletes. Um, but I don't really use much of either thing in my athletes. I think right now there's like 40, 50 athletes in prep, and I have three people utilizing clenbuterol. Um, it is just not something that I use 
at all. And I know two of them are at 40 micrograms and can't remember where the third person's at. I might've just recently changed it. Like I try to keep it as low dose as possible. Um, but like, to be honest with you, it's like, why play with the sides? Like why play with the sides when somebody way stronger with way less sides is out there that is, you know, cheaper mm -hmm. than the two also like, it just, it blows my mind the lack of education that people actually want to have. They just hear like, oh my God, DMP is bad. And it's like, it's, I mean, I have a hour and a half long podcast on it. I talked about it with Matt Jansen on a podcast. Like I've put out tons of information on it. It's not fucking bad at all. It's mm. actually, it actually has great health benefits for you. So I just, I would just go with the King um, and, you know, ditch the Clin or the Albuterol, to be honest with you. Albuterol only, like I said, because it's really hard to find real Albuterol. It's very, very difficult. Um, I, I don't even I don't even think I know where to get real albuterol right now. But yeah, it's a good question. I kinda hope that kinda clears things up there a little bit. All right. What was a good question? Why does it seem like IFBB pros, specifically bikini, don't lift very heavy? So when you max out in your division, you can't really improve your physique anymore, right? And like we see that with some men's physique guys, we see that with bikini girls. I've never seen figure women's physique or bodybuilders or classic physique guys just like pump chasing, lifting lightweight. But, you know, Angelica Tashira, who's, you know, she's been Miss Bikini Olympia. She trains at our gym. And yeah, I mean, she trains really light and she doesn't have much effort or intensity behind her sessions. Um, but, but like she, she literally can't really improve or refine her physique any more than it already is. It's perfected for the division. She's been at the top of the division. She can't just add more muscularity. So you kind of just have to, uh, man, I hate saying this, but you try to like shape the muscle a little and bit more. more. fine-tuning. Yeah, it's really just fine-tuning. Mm -hmm. It's not about mass building. And so if you're not trying to put on more mass and you're not really trying to beat the logbook or you're not chasing numbers, you're not you know, doing intensifiers and things of the like, it truly is just about kind of keeping what you have there, forcing the stimulus for your body to keep up with it. And, um, uh, you know, just kind of shaping your physique more, taking the feedback from the judges and, and you know, applying it as you're able to. Um, but, you know, at the bikini level, at the top of the bikini level, um, it, yeah, the, the, the training is, you know, not, it's not very bodybuilding style. Mm -hmm. It's much more pump chasing. Um, you know, my, my, um, IFBB bikini girls, they, um, they still train very, very, very hard, very heavy, but they're trying to make it up to that spot. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to work their way up the ranks. Like, yeah. They each recently just turned pro, and so they're back at the bottom, and, you know, they're, yeah, so they, they need to still add tissue and refine their physique overall, but, yeah, that's kind of why, that's why you don't see the top-notch people training very heavy. Well, estrogen completely crashed post-cycle. Stick to aromatizing compounds like NPP in the future. Yes, yeah, so this is brutal. Um, I know that that doesn't feel good. Um, estrogen crashing, not fun. It is a good idea to have aromatizing compounds, um, something like an MPP um, or something like a very low-dose test like I talked about in a recent podcast. Maybe it was 
Monday's podcast drop. Um, those can kind of help you. And then obviously with constant blood work assessment, monitoring, you know, what, what, what's going on there and the ratio of which you feel good. Another question I actually got here today that I'm not answering on the podcast today, but I could address alongside this is finding the proper ratio of estrogen and testosterone. There's no one size fits all, right? So it's just about like when you get on a cycle where you feel really, 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 really good in that cycle, let's go get bloods and let's see where that ratio is at. Mm-hmm. And then we try to keep it there as much as possible, right? Um, so I would highly recommend for, for this woman, um, she's a very talented competitor, so I definitely hate hearing about what happened. I definitely recommend having some aromatizing compounds. I would highly recommend, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what her cycle looks like. I, I messaged her trying to get more information. I think she messaged me back, but I don't think I got to see it. Um, I don't know what her cycle looked like, but if there were any AIs or anything, obviously keep those out. But it's still something that happens in people who are pretty sensitive uh, to their estrogen dropping. Um, you know, you add in DHTs and, you know, you think you're doing things really safe in the right way by, you know, Primabolin and Trinabol and Anavar and Winstrol and things that I like that are super low risk, but it can still tank your estrogen, right? Especially if that ratio gets out of control uh, because then you come off cycle and your body's trying to regain homeostasis, but it keeps fighting to keep testosterone higher or it keeps fighting for a higher progesterone reading or, you know, cortisol's fighting, um, you know, whatever it might be um, for estrogen to just drop. And, you know, now you have to go about fixing that. So I'm not sure how, um, how you are fixing that, but I would definitely recommend, um, get it back to a good spot. And I think you're probably a pretty good candidate for aromatizing compounds alongside your non-aromatizing compounds. Remember, I talked about that ratio quite a few times. Um, so you're probably a really good candidate for that. Right. Oh, I think some, all right. Sometimes means life sometimes life gets crazy what gets cut first sleep nutrition cardio steps or weights so sleep never gets cut sleep is always number one training intensity and nutrition i mean even when life is crazy you know that that we should be prepared ahead of time to crush diet so that's kind of that's in like an autopilot thing like if it means anything to you at all you're going to make it happen um so then cardio steps or weights well training is number one um hitting your daily steps and making sure your knee is stable is number two for the you know easiest to manipulate biofeedback and then i would say cardio is number three but yeah i mean sleep has come number one Nutri- nutrition if you have any sort of serious goal it's an autopilot uh, and then training kind of comes after that um so yeah really good question there but don't ever cut sleep Contest prep without deviating diet, could marijuana make you hold water? So, understand the question says could. Yes, it could because THC does, it has shown a very, very, I mean very, extremely slight tendency to um, attach to estrogen metabolites. And I mean very, very, very slight. And I'm not even sure where that research group was done, or who the research group was done on. Um, Honestly, I forget. So I just, like, rather be safe than sorry, right? Like, it's, like, kind of how Matt is. Like, he's going to pull THC really soon. I pulled THC 10 days out um, for, for, you know, a majority of my clients. Um, It could make you hold water, yes. So might as well take the 
rather be safe than sorry approach here. Cut it out along with your artificials, cruciferous veggies, really anything at all that could cause uh, you to not be 100% on game day. Might as well just pull it out so that there's there's just nothing there, um, you know, that could promote you, you know, not being able to showcase how hard you worked over the last um, X amount of time frame for this prep. Right. What's the one percent variable you see that is most often seen that is missed and ends up with an L? So. People don't understand what intent truly means, and like it's intent with everything. It's intent with how meticulous are you hitting your diet? Are you zeroing out the macros? Are you zeroing out macros with very quality foods, keeping artificials um, at bay? Um, prioritizing peri-workout nutrition like I discussed in, in yesterday's podcast. Um, are you hitting your water, your sodium, your you know all of those items? So it's not just hitting your macros. How are you hitting your macros? So you're beating the logbook. That's good. While you're beating the logbook, is it with perfect intent? Or are we overcompensating just to hit a certain number or a certain load? And we are taking away from you know the the the, stim- the um, biased stimulus of the set. So you know we're moving a chest focused uh, exercise with a lot of anterior delt and tricep, but we beat the logbook. But now we have less stimulus on the actual pecs. Um, so you know, that's another one. Um, posing with intent. like Pose like you're going to on stage, especially for you know, divisions that actually have to pose and you know, flex really hard, like women's physique, classic physique, bodybuilding. Pose hard as fuck in your practice. Um, like I'm doing three rounds every morning right now, and I mean, it's brutal. It's really hard. When I'm done, it you know, takes me quite a bit to recuperate and recover. Um, so every single thing is with intent. Every single thing you do, you sleep, when you when you go to sleep at night, are you setting yourself up for success? Uh, so like I have a sleep sound machine. I have my room pitch black. I have my phone on airplane and do not disturb. I have all my doors closed. I have nothing. I have a cooling mattress topper thing that keeps it nice and cool because most people wake up when they're sweating in bed. Um, like every single item is with intent. And yeah, like I definitely go above and beyond and I'm quite overboard. But like the reality is like, what if I win a show because my sleep environment is so good? What if I lose a show because that person's sleep environment's better? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like little things like that that I always think about. If it can be improved, then let's try to improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every single thing we do is with intent. And we think about it every single day because this is a full-time job. This isn't just something that you kind of do and then you show up on game day. And all of a sudden, you're going to be some godlike hero that comes onto the stage and just kills everyone. No, like you have to act like that in the off season throughout your competition competition preparation and then you know come show day that's like the easy part like the the easiest part of prep should be the show so yeah really good question there right number one advice for a 16 year old who isn't very strong yes yeah, so this one this one I, I i feel pretty hard uh because when i was 16 man i was weak as fuck i was like i was a pathetic <laughs> dude honestly and what i wish i would have done back then I wish I would have just mastered all the compound movements Mm -hmm. and focused on overloading all of them. So you have a push-pull leg split. On push day, you do an incline barbell press, um, you know, as a main mover. You do a standing overhead barbell press as a main mover. On your pull day, we do some... 
barbell bent over rows. Um, we, we maybe do some one arm dumbbell rows. And then on your leg day, you either squat or we hit deadlifts on the leg day. And I would prefer you squatting because reality is deadlifts. I'm slightly biased against deadlifts. It uh, depends on how you perform the movement. It, it, it definitely depends how yeah. you perform the movement. Like squats are going to be more uh, squats at 16. We're not very strong. Squats are going to be more beneficial for you, in my opinion, than a deadlift. Well, not everyone will share that opinion. That is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, get good at squats. Get good at leg press. Um, if you have a pendulum squat, like get good at that. But get really, really, really good at compound movements. Like when you're young, you know, and keep a logbook. So that that's how we know we're improving. Keep a logbook. So every single week, um, you know, log your lifts and the next session you always just make sure you're beating the previous session and you're mastering the movement record your lifts analyze it um you know make sure that your that that your lift is conducive um that you're you know in a safe position you're in a powerful position and yeah just overload from there and you know eventually if you get really good at all these compound movements with a barbell well, you're going to be pretty fucking strong and you're going to put on size. Yeah, it's not for anybody that's just 16 either. It's for anybody that just wants to be strong. That's for anyone who's just like, yeah, who who's weaker than they want mm-hmm. to be. Eat a lot of fucking protein. Yep. <laughs> eat a lot of protein, then eat more. <laughs> <laughs> the debate between whey protein and real food. Yeah, dude. So I'm pretty biased in this one too because a majority of my protein intakes always come from whey. And like, man, you know, it's doing pretty well for me. And then I have clients who are similar and I have friends who are similar. It's doing really well for all of us. But like, there's this debate that like, you know, the real food and animal, um, you know, flesh is like, you know, so much far superior than whey protein. Dude, you can have that view and have that thought. And like, that's all cool and well. I do think there's a prime place for, for fat, for like animal dietary fat to come into play that's very beneficial. Um, but like, the reality is, no matter how you get your protein and your body's just turning into amino acids. And at the end of the day, the amino acid sequence is the exact same, whether it's a whey shake, whether it's bison, it doesn't care where it came whether from. it's chicken, it doesn't matter. And like, there's not like that. It's not like we have to watch a glycemic index, like for carbohydrates or it's not like we have to watch like polyunsaturated or unsaturated or mm-hmm. monosaturated like fats. Yeah. Like, like it's amino acids. There's not like bad forms of protein. Mm-hmm. As long as it's a complete form of protein, there's not bad forms of protein. So I think that, dude, like I have three meat meals a day and three shakes a day. It's working pretty well. I mean, I'm not Mr. Olympia yet. And I'm never going to be, but like, I'm pretty big. <laughs> I mean, I'm not small. It's working to put on size. Yeah. Yeah. Go. All right. Utilizing DMP and prep, should I add carbs and leave fats alone? How does this affect macros? Yeah, so when you first bring DMP into a prep, I wouldn't change your diet because first you want to assess the increased output from that DMP is going to be big, okay? So keep diet the same. Um, bring that DMP in. I commonly recommend people bring it in like uh, 200 to 250 milligrams every other day at the beginning, unless you are an experienced user and you know how it's going to respond. I do recommend that. Um, But as you're progressing, don't change the way you're dieting just because DMP, like there's some people that are like, go moderate fat, low carb or go high carb. Dude, just literally 
keep your dieting set up the exact same way you are going to keep it set up and allow the DMP to be a supplement. People bring this in and act like it's going to be this, like, like, like you need to change everything you have ever fucking done. And like, it's just not that it's just not that at all. Um, so yeah, I, 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 in the beginning, it doesn't really affect the macros as time goes on, you know, you're, you're, you're going to just want to continue dieting yourself as you see fit with refeeds, with cheat meals where they're needed, high day, whatever it might be. Don't change your dieting strategy just because DMPs in. Now, one thing I will say, DMP can prolong, um, the time in between high days that's needed. So if you need a high day once every like four or five days now to keep your metabolism from going stale, one DMP, your metabolism is not really going to go stale. So it can definitely prolong that. And the high days become more for performance rather than the actual metabolic um, enhancement. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but that's a good question. All right. Biggest thing to overcome slash get ready for for first time competitors. Um, you're probably not going to go out there and just take the stage and kill everyone and have no contest. Like you're probably going to lose. The reality is no matter how hard you go, you're probably going to lose. But if you hold off on competing until you just think you're magically going to be indestructible and invincible and you're going to kick everyone's fucking ass, then you're never going to compete. If you go out, win your novice class, you might win your open class. You probably won't win the overall unless you're an absolute anomaly or, you know, like genetically, or you actually have been truly bodybuilding for like five, six years, you know, everything crawl, crossing um, all the T's, dotting all the I's for that long. So the biggest thing to overcome is the fear of losing because the reality is if you want to compete in this sport, you're going to lose a hell of a lot more than you win, uh, period. It, it, I mean, even look at Mr. Olympia, look at Big Rami. Like, how many times has he fucking competed? Like, and he loses every time. And then, oh, shit, he won the Olympia. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he kind of just has to keep chipping away. So do everything, like I answered to that 1% question, do everything in your power to be perfect on show day, the best you possibly can be. Plan for two or three shows in that year, whatever your health and finances allow you to. And then go out and just fucking crush it and see if you actually really love the sport. But the reality is, where you start, that's your foundation. And now from there, we get to grow and build and turn this into something really beautiful and special. But at the beginning, you're just like a caterpillar. Like, you choose if you become a butterfly, but you're just going to be another caterpillar on stage. Mm -hmm. You're going to be competing against some butterflies, like, and you're, you're not going to fare well. Like Ross. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you went out in, in Brandon's first ever show. He went out, and he was competing against a guy who turned IPB Pro two weeks later. Mm -hmm. You know, like, dude, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, that's there's no harm nor foul in that. Like, I've been in that position. And like, now I'm getting closer to the other position. Right. And, like, I went from a caterpillar, and, like, I'm, Maybe I'll be a butterfly this year. Who knows? <laughs> I might be like a small butterfly this or year. Or have one wing. Yeah, or, or, or as long as I have one wing, I'm cool. <laughs> oh, this is a question for you. How do you give 100% to multiple things at once? Example, your prep, your client's prep, podcast. Dude, when you love everything that you do, it is so fucking easy. And I just love all this fucking shit that we do. But, you know, the reality is there's parts of your life that, ta that have to take a hit. Like... My romantic life takes a huge fucking hit. My social life, I don't have one. It doesn't exist right now. My mental well-being, it's a zero. I don't even fucking know what the fuck that is anymore. <laughs> so to be able to pour into all these things, it takes from other places. So like what it looks like on the outside is not really what's happening on the inside. But when you fucking love what you do, it is so easy to just show up every single day, give it your all. And like honestly, I'm just... 
I said to someone the other day, I, I forget who I was talking to. I was like, I'm just trying to show up and hit a home run. Like, and y'all, like when my energy's high, when I'm good, I'm trying to show up and I want to hit grand slams and bomb a knife every day. Some days right now, I feel like it's the top of the first and I'm the leadoff batter, and I'm just trying to hit a home run, dude. Yeah. I'm just still trying to hit a home run. You you're just swinging, hold on. Though. Yeah, you're swinging, and I might strike out, and I'm going to strike out a few times over the next you know, six to ten weeks. Um, but you just keep showing up. You just love what you do. You put your all into it. And, you know, when impact is at the forefront of what you want to do, and, like, honestly, with athletes, when winning is at the forefront of what you want to do, there's nothing that really deters that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Is that all of them? This is the last one right here. Last one. Yep. Post cycles for women using PEDs. Oh, my dude, Brayden asked this question. So what I do for my girls coming off PEDs, we add in the Revive Women's Health. We add in New Ethics Jumpstart. There's some ingredients there that overlap a bit. But I'm talking 95% of my women, that's all they need. And then their period comes back, and five weeks later, their blood work is perfect, and everything is great, fine, and well. It is amazing how synergistic those two supplements work. Now, the blood work, five weeks post-cycle, huge deal, right? Want to get the bloods, want to see if everything's cool, address the weak points there. Uh, Coming off cycle, I usually pull down stress as well because your body has a lot of stress built up from that cycle, from your endocrine system kind of being on overload, right? But also, we're trying to teach the body how to re- um, balance its sex hormones, okay? So sometimes, depending on the cycle, the intensity, the duration of the cycle, I'll pull down training output, I'll pull down cardio output, I'll add rest days, I'll add food, things of the like, um, just so that we can understand, or just so we know that the body has enough rest to be able to overcome, you know, any sort of stress that the anabolics, uh, that the anabolic cycle had put on them. But the new ethics jumpstart EC and the, um, and the, uh, Revive Women's Health are great. I have my girls always have Chase Berry um, on hand um, in case it's needed. And, you know, Bez Wecken if it's needed. Anything after that is just gravy, right? Like, we're just going to assess the blood work. We're going to see what it needs. But commonly, those two drugs, those two supplements really clear everything up. Um, and yeah, just to, and take time, you know, and explain to, your, to the women what to expect. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a really good question. Um, I have a question for you that was submitted for you. You have a question for me? Yeah. Okay. Why do you look like you suck toes? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look like you suck toes? That was a very uh, very good question. I'm glad this was asked. Yeah. Because, you know, I also want to know why I look like I suck toes. <laughs> I don't know if it looks like I'm a freak or in like like that's sort of like a kink. looks like a kinky thing to do. And I look kinky. Yeah. Do you suck toes? I mean, if they're in my face, I will. But I'm not going to be like, hey, let, I'm, at. I'm not like, hey, let me get them toes. 100%. But like, you know, we're getting down and like you put them in my face. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm just going to put my mouth in. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if I'm a handle business. If you're really hot, like if you're over a 9.5, you can get those toes sucked. Oh, if you're over a, over a 9, there's nothing I wouldn't do. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, dude. Honestly. Yeah. yeah honest, like straight up. If like, and if you're down for it and like you're fucking putting these fucking feet in my exactly. face. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not, I'm it's not for gonna, a reason. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna put your it foot is, in no, my fucking face no. for no reason. They're telling you what to do, dude. Honestly, exactly. honestly, like I'll lick that fucking heel. I'll lick. I'm I'll taking lick it as a cue. I'm taking uh-huh. it as a cue. It's like uh-huh. you didn't just slap the bottom of your foot nope. on my cheek. No, on accident. No, 
I, I've done some freaky things with some feet before, and like it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a good time. Like a little bit of a little bit of hand play up yeah. top. Oh yeah, while you're sucking some toes. <laughs> oh yeah, love that. they do. Bitches love that they shit, do. dude. And, yeah. they, and they, they're, they're the ones that find out they like it. Exactly. So, why, so the question shouldn't be why do I look like I suck toes? Yeah. You'd be why? like, why do you look like you like your toes? Yeah, <laughs> that's the question. Why do these that women look like they that's need the their one. toes? Sucked? Exactly. So for me, it's like definitely. Like, for women, I understand where they come from. So on Reddit, dude, damn, I had a hilarious Reddit story to share oh. today, but I'm going to share it at the beginning of the next one. Um, it's funny. I'm going to send it over. You're going to fucking die. <laughs> it's about a woman, this woman who married this guy with this micro penis, and she walks in on him jerking off with his index finger and his thumb. Yeah. And she's telling Reddit about this because she found out that he is a cuckold. Do you know what a cuckold is? No. That's a guy who wants to like sit in the corner of the room very quiet and just watch this girl get like pounded oh out by a kink. Oh my god. So like her kink was um fuck, I can't remember what her kink was, but they, so this is how she walked in on him masturbating with his index finger and his thumb. Yeah. And like watching some porn. And so, like, and they, they hadn't been super sexually active re of late. Of she and wouldn't so, have married him if they were. And, and so, and so, like, she she asked him, like, hey, you know, like, what do you want? Like, is this something you want? And apparently, he's this really reserved guy. Apparently, I'm telling the story right fucking now. He's this really fucking <laughs> reserved guy. And she's like, the last thing I ever expected to come out of his mouth because of how reserved he is. She's like, when we're at a party, he goes, he finds the seat and he just sits down until I'm ready to go. And he's fine with it. Like he's cool with it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be a center of attention. He doesn't want anyone knowing he's there. He just wants to be a fun boy. <laughs> and she, he admitted to her that he's a cuckold and he doesn't know. He hasn't known how to tell her about it, but like now this is an appropriate time to bring up. And she's like, he said, I'm a cuckold. And like, subtly giggled under his breath like about it and stuff because he's such a passive guy she's yeah. like he would be considered a beta man like by today's mm -hmm. standards and stuff but her ex was a really abusive alpha male so she went the opposite uh -huh. direction and like he has this micro penis and he has this like fucking kink of wanting to watch her get railed by a dude with a massive dick so they talk about it, they whatever. And then once COVID started clearing up and it kind of became, you know, they, they deemed it safe to explore this. Um, they linked up with someone who's called a bull. And a bull is a guy who just fucks other people's wives while they watch. Like a bull is someone yeah, who takes right, care of cuckolds right, wives, uh -huh. right? So that's like his job and things, right? So he's like, this guy walks in and, you know, he's like six foot and he has like muscles. Big like, so, alpha dude. Yeah, big alpha dude. And she said, like, he had an enormous penis. Like, like enormous, for, but it wasn't, like, too big. She said it like, wasn't too big. It was just right. an enormous penis. Compared to what and she's Compared to what she's used to, right? right? And so, like, they start getting after it, and they start going nuts. And he's, like, he started crying in the corner because she started making noises and all this shit that he had never heard her make before. Well, of course. Of course. Duh. What are you talking about? You have a micro penis. <laughs> so, so, and like, dude, like this whole thing, you know, like, uh, so I'm part of the BDSM Reddit because it's uh, fucking hilarious okay. as shit. Uh -huh. And like, this whole thing is just like, it, it's like, you can't even make this up in a movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hilarious, right? And so he goes out of the room and she's like, we fucking finish. <laughs> Oh my 
God. And the guy goes out first. He's like dressed and he's like apologizing. Like, you know, like this lifestyle is not for everyone. But like, yeah. this, and like, you can't be mad at the guy. Like, they, they, they saw him crying yeah. and continued yeah. to fuck. Yeah. yeah. And she kept getting fucking railed out by this dude. Yeah. So then she goes out and talks <laughs> to him about it. But this is where it's fucked up. And she was trying to realize if she's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, are you kidding? This was like a week or so ago, and she slept in the guest bedroom like every night when they always sleep together every night. She like hasn't really talked to him. She like hasn't really been like sexting him. They usually like sex throughout the day, stuff like that. So like she's changed her entire mannerism with him. She's completely unattracted yeah. to him. Now now she is, and this is like kind of how like this is how the relationship's gonna end. Wow. Yeah, dude, isn't that that's bonks? fucking insane? That's nuts. So I'm reading this on Reddit and I'm I'm high as fuck. And I'm just like, oh. My, I mean, this is amazing. Are you serious? Like, you don't even have to pay for that website. It's fucking free. I got that free fucking entertainment. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like, uh, I'm just trying to think of all everybody's shoes right now. Like being in everybody's shoes. Like, I know. I feel terrible for the the cuckold. I, I feel bad for the guy, but I also don't feel terrible because he needs to get surgery. He needs he, to get something done. He, something has to be something fixed. Needs to be or done. you know, hey, if your girl's gonna love you with a micro penis and stuff, dude, it might really be a good idea for her to get pleased. By you know, a normal fucking penis. Maybe dude. you just not watch, and you don't watch, yeah. and you don't know anything about it. You just know when it's happening. The only I don't person know. in the situation that's just like whatever is the bull. Is the bull the bulls? Yeah, like he should have been did his job, but honestly, like, he served a huge purpose. Like mm -hmm. for this people's relationship, obviously they shouldn't be together. Yeah, if this is how she responded. And that's how he responded. They're obviously not a match long term. Right, like no way. But the problem is they're married. I just I don't see why that yeah, happened. Anyway. I know that's. A, I, I, I truly don't mean this in like an offensive way. I more so mean it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's got cash. Uh -huh. I. Why would you, if you know you like guys with big dicks, why would you marry someone with a micropenis? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this is her fault that mm -hmm. she needs to fit. I put her way more at blame than anybody I else. Agree. I Especially because he walked out crying and you finished with dude. Yeah. You got to have some sort of safe word, I mean, they, right? they, they probably paid for this too. They did. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, so they like paid they for paid for this service. Wait, hold up. How much does this bull get paid? <laughs> hold up. What's the schedule look like for a bull? Yeah, what's that work schedule like? I'm usually off after like 8 p.m. <laughs> I only need like, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, dude, this is going to take me 10. <laughs> well, I'll go off for an hour. Hey, what's up? I'll be RB. <laughs> Gotta go to work. Two Gs? I'm going to work for two Gs. Dude, if that was... They probably make a couple. They probably make like a couple hundred. There's no way it's much money. Now, females... The females are where the big bucks are. You think there's Megan, bulls? what are you doing? You think there's female bulls? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. They're not called bulls. They're called... Um, um, What's a female bull? A calf? No, it's just like a baby. Fuck. I, I forget what they're called. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like the equivalent. Bullseye. And then they're bullseye. Females are <laughs> fucking bullseyes. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed, enjoyed my fucking story that adds something to your day. <laughs> First, what is this? 165? Yep. Episode 165. I'll see you next time.